Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on Friday, December 2nd, 2022. Locked On Blue Devils is a daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke athletics. On today's show, we're going to talk a good bit about this Duke football team who finished with an 8-4 and four overall record after a big win against Wake Forest this weekend. Kudos to Mike Elko for year one. Duke will find out this weekend what their bowl game destination is. And, of course, we'll get you set for that in the month to come. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow our podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and written review as well. Your support means the absolute world. On YouTube each and every day, we're continuing to climb towards our goal of 1,000 subscribers. Help us make that happen. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It would mean the world again if you would do that for us. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Joining me on today's show, I've got my good buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. And Duke picks up a win over Wake Forest. Josh, they finished the year with an eight and four record, man. I have no words, JJ. Yeah. I, I I was wrong. I, I picked them to go four and eight. And so uh we they flipped it on me. Um I mean, who would have in the right mind, honestly, who would have thought that Duke and Mike Elko were would turn this thing around as quickly as as they did, and to finish the season, the regular season that is, to finish the home schedule and the home slate uh, with a win over not only a conference in-state rival in Wake Forest, but also uh, Mike Elko playing against his former head coach and Dave Clawson, <clears throat> and for Duke to come away with a win in that game, the way that Duke did it. Once again, Duke finding themselves down and being able this time to finish that game out in the fourth quarter. Man, what a season. And you're right. We await our bowl destination. I don't know if we may talk maybe in this uh, later in the episode about uh, possibilities and potential there, but uh, we'll find out on Sunday. And then it's a matter of, you know, how many Duke fans can make it depending on where it's at. And so what a great season. I did not expect myself on December 1st to be talking about where Duke was going bowling. And so yeah. shout out to this program. There are a million at this point projections as to what bowl game Duke is going to be going to. And you guys have done an amazing job aggregating all of them. Uh, again, follow your social medias at Duke FB talk uh, to figure out where in the world this team's going to go. A lot of that will depend on some of these conference championship games these weekend. Uh, so many bowl games have conference allocations and alignments that they're with uh, that could change things. So we will find out Sunday what Duke football game uh, they'll be playing in in terms of a bowl game this upcoming month. So uh, with Duke in the win over Wake Forest, 34 points for the Blue Devils once again. Uh, the offense able to put some points on the board. What was working offensively? Riley Leonard was working yeah. offensively. Uh, <laughs> threw for 391 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Calhoun had uh, his best game of the season, uh, right at 180 yards receiving, a touchdown. Um, you know, Samir Hagens with two touchdown catches. I mean, 
Riley Leonard was in his bag and he really, really, you know, we were riding winning three out of four games. And so not many people were talking about this, but Riley was a little, he was a little off in those three or four games. I mean, he didn't have a game where you're like, man, he's dialed in and like, you can tell he's, he's feeling good and he's doing his thing. Well, he got dialed in for this game and he was doing his thing for this game. And it, he didn't rush the ball nearly as much, but if you watch the game when we needed a key first down in the second half, Riley took that rush for it, dove head first to get the first down. So, man, he was doing everything that he does well. And he wound up, um, you know, just outside of the all ACC selections, first, second, and third team for quarterback. And rightfully so, uh, the guys ahead of him. But, man, to begin the season as the, the, the seller dweller, of quarterbacks in the ACC, people saying 14th quarterback in the ACC to finish the season fourth in the ACC. Man, Riley Leonard was working. He was working this past Saturday. Yeah, I'm such a big fan of his. It's been the first full season uh, that he was the starter. He was the guy. We had the big battle uh, all spring, all summer, into fall camp between him and Jordan Moore as to who would be quarterback one. Riley Leonard took this season by the reins and capped it off, as you said, with a 391-yard performance and four touchdowns. Uh, For Duke and and for college football, also coming up on Monday, we will officially see the opening of the NCAA transfer portal. We will see 1,000-plus players all of a sudden find themselves in that transfer portal looking for their next destination. Uh, but knocking on wood and barring any absolutely unforeseen circumstances, it's a major blessing for Mike Elko and for Duke football to know that your quarterback is coming back next year and you're going to have the same guy under center in Riley Leonard, who now has all this experience to work with for Duke going into next year. Yeah, he experience is key because experience leads to confidence. And what you're really seeing is a confident quarterback you're seeing an an offensive coordinator who's confident putting his quarterback in difficult situations you know what I mean he's the playbook is wide open and it's been really fun to see I mean speaking of Riley Leonard his his regular season ending stats 63.5 completion percentage which is great Uh, could get better but it's great 2794 passing yards 20 passing touchdowns, only six interceptions, 636 rushing yards for an additional 11 rushing touchdowns. He's responsible for 31 touchdowns and only six interceptions. What I have here, I mean, if you would have, if you would have said that at the beginning of the season, there's no way in this world I would have agreed with you. And so Riley Leonard has proven us all wrong. Um, and you're right, him coming back, uh, understanding, you know, I understand there's some other guys returning as well, but him coming back to Duke, uh, along with guys like Drake May and Jordan Travis in the ACC, I mean, Duke's going to be right up there again with the most talented quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. And again, still things to play for this year, including a bowl game coming up. Uh, Duke also has several players that were recognized by the conference, and we'll talk about some of those things again as Locked On Blue Devils continues in just a moment. 
Today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Uh, in the win against Wake Forest, uh, the defense gave up 30 plus points, but the offense was able to score uh, more than Wake Forest and walk away with their eighth victory of the season. From Saturday's game in the win against Wake Forest in that regular season finale, what did you see out of that Duke defense, Josh? Well, I mean, number one, all due respect and credit to the high-powered offense that Wake Forest brings. Right. I mean, Sam Hartman, you know, broke Taj Boyd's record for the ACC in touchdowns. I mean, A.T. Perry is a NFL receiver who's still in college. I mean, so this was the, the tight end. I forget the guy's name. Just, I mean, he was he was like a – a vacuum cleaner, you know, uh, catching the football on Saturday. And so with all due respect and credit to Wake Forest, a couple of things about the defense. I thought the secondary did a good job for the most part. Um, There was the one touchdown where it looked like some sort of busted coverage where maybe Shaka didn't know to get back as as far as he needed to or something, something happened there. Um, But other than that, it was kind of bend, don't break. And then when we needed to get to Sam Hartman, we got to him. Uh, Dwayne Carter got to him two different times with sacks. And then we pressured him. You remember in the fourth quarter on that final drive, a kind of a, a gasp uh, for Duke's defense there where we almost had him sacked. He throws it up down the middle of the field. And that tight end was, <clears throat> was behind Brandon Johnson, but Brandon closed on him quickly, wound up being in completion. So all that to say, I feel like our defense did what we had to do to win this game. This is a Wake Forest team who, at the drop of a hat, can drop in the 40s and 50s. Okay. And we – I say we held them. Yeah, we held them to 31 points. And so – and then to have the offense to put up the 34 enough to win. I mean, we were – in our preseason pod, JJ, (laughs) on the Section 17 podcast – uh, we were talking about which game, game in the ACC, singular game, would Duke score more than 30 points? Which game? Right. And now I forget what the breakdown is with ACC play, but for our 12-game schedule, we scored over 30 points eight times this season. Wow. And so, I mean, I know we're talking about – the question was about the defense. Right. But the defense did its job enough for the offense to score enough points to win the game. And so, like – at the end of the day, that's the recipe for success. That's what it takes. And also a recipe for success, Josh, uh, is the play of your special teams unit. And and sometimes we forget to give them some love and shout out. But uh, as we recap and review the regular season, 12 games now in the books. Let's give some love to the specialists for the Duke football team. Yeah, Ryan Smith actually yesterday or yesterday, I forget when, maybe Wednesday uh, earlier in the week. Uh, Ryan Smith was named a finalist for like special teams player of the year. Um, and so he had a block punt earlier in the season. Uh, you have a guy like Rocky Shelton uh, who has entered his name into the 
transfer portals of grad transfer, by the way. But Rocky Shelton, uh, a, a linebacker um, who Duke fans know well, he's been at Duke for a long time, um, really did sell out there on special teams. And, um, you know, I, it's really good. And then you had Samir Hagens. Um, who returned to punt earlier this year. Jalen Stinson did really, really great, solid in this game. And then I know we're going to get there, but Jalen Calhoun finds himself third-team All-ACC um, as, a, as a punt returner. And so, yeah, that's not even talking about Todd Polino's success. Yeah, we got to give him some love. Yeah. Todd Polino, by the way, he made a 43-yarder, so he is officially a legitimate field goal kicker for Duke, and he's in <laughs> Man Crush Zone on our podcast. Um, and then, of course, Porter Wilson has just been – he's been a fixture back there. And, and like – you know, whatever we need, we need to pin the ball inside the 10-yard line, Porter comes through. We need to boom a 65-yarder and flip the field, Porter seems to come through. And so, like, you're right, special teams is important. Uh, we know that, just football in general, if you can win the special teams battle, that typically helps you win games. And so they've, they've done nothing but help us this year, for sure. And now Duke will uh, wait their bowl game destination again, coming up on Sunday, Saturday. Uh, tomorrow we'll see some conference championship games North Carolina takes on Clemson in the ACC. Should be a fun one there. Uh, quarterback Drake May for the Tar Heels had an amazing season this year. And Clemson is Clemson. We know what to expect out of them in ACC title game. So that should be a fun one. And then on Sunday, uh, bowl games start to become a thing. What, what are you hearing, Josh? What's most popular out there? We mentioned uh, at Duke FB Talk on Twitter. You guys really are doing an amazing job of kind of aggregating all of the things out there. Uh, what's been most popular? Yeah, so a couple of things here. First of all, we uh, on our podcast this past week, the one that that released this past Tuesday, um, one of our guys, Brian Kennedy, uh, did some research on how the selection process even happens. You know, because you need to understand how it happens in order to try to project properly, right? <clears throat> and so, even understanding how it happens which I'm not going to get into here. If you'd like to go listen to our podcast, look it up, Section 17. You can, you can find it there. Uh, even understanding the process, it's almost like a fantasy football draft. I mean, almost. Uh, but the, they go in tiers and they go in order and, and, and different things. Uh, Duke could wind up, I mean, if you want to say potentially, here are the potential spots that Duke could wind up. You have Pinstripe Bowl in New York City. You have the the Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas. You have the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. You have the Military Bowl in Annapolis, Maryland. And you have the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. Those are the five potential landing spots for Duke. If they go anywhere other than one of those five, like then we did our research wrong. All right, so at the end of the day, that's, that's the five that it seems like uh, Duke could wind up in. Now, as you begin to look through the standings in the ACC, the bowl tiers, um, understanding Duke's fan base and the challenges um, of the Duke fan base, understanding that, you know, it's a small university uh, with a large basketball following and a small football following at this point. Um, My best guess is military bowl. Um, in Annapolis, Maryland. Now, that would be a win for fans. Now, players and parents that we're friends with, they all want to go to like Tampa or San Diego because they want to experience a new city. They want it to be warm weather. And like, I completely, 
I get that. And I'm not going to be upset about that. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, I truly believe we will end up there. Um, and that would be a, like I said, a major win for the Duke fan base as far as getting to the game. You're kind of halfway between Durham and like New York and that, and that, you know, that corridor up there that tends to have a lot of Duke alumni and Duke fans. And so that's where we're sitting, seeing uh, you could see teams like Cincinnati in that bowl game. It's an AAC opponent. So you have East Carolina, UCF, Cincinnati are your major ones that you're seeing as potential opponents there. And so I'm not going to break down all the other bowls, but if you look at the Sun Bowl, you're looking at a Pac-12 opponent, which could be like Oregon State. It could be UCLA, the Bobo Bowl, uh, if that happened. So there's a lot of different things out there. It would be interesting. It would definitely be interesting. You're listening and watching to Locked On Blue Devils here today on Friday, December 2nd. J.J. Jackson with Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. And uh, talking about the great work you guys did, Josh, uh, Section 17, of course, the name of the show comes from time spent inside Wallace Wade Stadium. It's got to be bittersweet knowing that it's going to be a good while until you guys are back inside Section 17 once again. Uh, but tell us a little bit about the podcast, what episodes you guys have out there now, and, and what's the plan over the next few weeks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so we sit uh, we sit at the top row of Section 17 for every home game. And, and this season, um, you know, obviously our podcast grew, um, and we were able to get media credentialed this year, which we used uh, hopefully to our advantage as much as possible. Um, and you know, we're, we're, we release weekly episodes throughout the season. Um, and we give previews and we sit down with play by play from, uh, guys from the opposing teams. Um, and we try to give you like an in-depth view of Duke football. And so, uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about Duke football, not just on the surface, like the ESPN commentators do, (laughs) um, mispronouncing names and not really knowing what's going on in our program. If you want to learn more about Duke football, um, you know, you can listen to us and then, you know, bowl game, we are doing our best to get to a bowl game. Uh, JJ, you know how that goes, yeah. uh, travel expenses and whatnot, these East coast bowls, which is kind of the reason why my heart is set on the military bowl is because it would be an easy bowl to get to. Um, but you know, at holiday the, schedules, with correct. That, yeah, it's, it's yeah correct. It, it would be a perfect one, but you know, we're not going to complain. Uh, we're not going to go away, but yeah, section 70 podcast, dukefootballtalk.com. Um, is our website. We have collaborated with Coach Elko and his wife, Michelle, on a new T-shirt. Um, $10 for every purchase. Well, it's not just a T-shirt. It's a crew neck and also hoodie. Uh, but the Turn the Music Up design uh, shirt, $10 for everyone that's purchased, uh, goes to their charity of choice, which is the National MS Society. And so we're really excited about that, and people are purchasing those and we're going to be able to send, you know, donation out. Um, I think we're going to do those monthly, uh, sending out those donations. And so, yeah, hit up dukefootballtalk.com. We got articles, podcast, shop. Our bowl projections are on there as well. So, Awesome stuff. Dukefootballtalk.com and the Section 17 podcast. All right, so the season is over, 12 games in the book, uh, and the ACC gave some love to players that had uh, solid individual performances throughout the season. We spent a lot of time talking about the quarterback, Riley Leonard. He was recognized as an honorable mention quarterback. Who else got some love from the ACC, Josh? Yeah, I mean, let's start from the top. Uh, first team 
um, all ACC and well deserved. Graham Barton on that offensive line, he Good played set. that uh, played on the left side of that line um, all season, and PFF ratings were in love with Graham Barton. Um, and so he's a junior. Uh, wasn't there was even no no even consideration from him um, on not returning, even though I believe he could have been could be drafted and will be drafted, of course, next year. Um, but he was our first team a guy, second team who I personally, and this is probably looking through Duke blue goggles, but that's okay. Um, I felt like he deserved first team honors was a defensive tackle, Dwayne Carter. Um, uh, obviously he's a fan favorite. Yep. I mean, we, we love Dwayne. He's got, he has possibly the best personality of anybody that we've ever covered. And we love Dwayne, but he's got skill. And he leads the ACC in, in quarterback hurries and rushes. And so, like, he uh, he got second team there as defensive tackle. Then on the third team, uh, we landed two guys. Uh, Jalen Calhoun, third team wide receiver, third team special teams. And so, he made both of those. And then Darius Joyner, grad transfer, we all know well. He nearly led us in tackles from the safety position. Uh, he was third team uh, safety, and then the honorable mentions came out, and um, and some of these guys, once again, Duke blue goggles here, but Brandon Johnson, in my opinion, leading the way uh, in the honorable mention category, um, could have, should have, at least been third team. He's the nickelback uh, for Duke in the secondary there, but honorable mention Shaka Hayward, who Duke fans know and love. Yep. Honorable mention linebacker. By the way, Duke fans, we we are keeping our eyes and ears glued to Shaka's decision on whether to come back for a COVID, an additional COVID year, or to move on from Duke. Same with Cam Dillon. Both of those guys have that option. Yep. At the linebacker position, uh, Jacob Monk, who I full well believe had he not gotten injured for the last two two games of the season, would have been at least a third. Uh, third team all no ACC question. member, yeah, yeah. But he's honorable mention. Uh, Porter Wilson, as we already have mentioned on the show, give uh, the specialist love, yeah, yeah, yeah. Punter, honorable mention, and then and then we mentioned Riley um, at quarterback, and I will and oh, Jalen Calhoun also honorable mention all purpose back, which is kind of a weird little spot there, right, uh, on the team anyway. But um, honestly, I felt like Jordan Moore. Like Jalen had already made the third team as a specialist and a receiver, I'd have felt like voters would have been like, "Man, if you want to talk about like overall athlete or that you know that that all-purpose guy, you got no better all-purpose guy than than Jordan Moore." Right. But anyway, he didn't make it. But Riley, listen, Duke fans are like, "Man, I can't believe he got robbed." Look, I got to be very honest with you, and I love Riley. Like, I have a personal friendship with Riley Leonard. Riley Leonard is like one of the best people that I know. I love the kid and he is a talented guy. Drake may was getting that first team all as you see. There's Easy. no question about it. Easy. Jordan Travis was right behind him. I mean, not far either, not far behind him. And then Sam Hartman. I mean, Sam Hartman, if for nothing else, even if his numbers weren't as gaudy as they are, the respect for like the all time career touchdowns, in the ACC. It's insane. Yeah. It it, it yeah. has to carry some weight. Yeah. And then when you look at his actual numbers, you have to keep in mind he did that in one fewer game than all the other quarterbacks. 
So yep. I feel like Sam Hartman fully well deserved that third team spot. Absolutely, absolutely. So honorable mention for Riley, I think is about where he needs to be. Yeah. And then next year is going to be very interesting because man, that's going to be a fight uh, for that first, second, third team uh, quarterback. Eight and four, the regular season record for Duke in 2022. So proud of Mike Elko and and the job that he's done. This is unbelievable. He's going to be up for Coach of the Year awards, not only in the conference, but uh, across the country for what he was able to do for this Duke football program. Again, still a bowl game to go, but even if this ends up being a loss in the bowl game and Duke finishes eight and five, you see that from time to time. You hope it's not the case, but sometimes, unfortunately, teams come out with a little bit of a less spirited effort uh, in the holiday season in bowl games. I don't expect that to be the case for Duke, but even if it is a loss, it is still a phenomenal year that no one saw coming uh, from Mike Elko in year one, and uh, he deserves to be praised and commended for that as we close up our discussion today, Josh. Yeah, if if you have followed this team this season, uh, if this team were to come out and not give the effort in a bowl game, it would absolutely shock me and blow my mind. Right. In full disclosure, we are recording this on Thursday morning. This is releasing on Friday. Sometime later today on Thursday, the ACC Coach of the Year will be announced. I'm going to go ahead and say, like, congratulations to Mike Elko, the ACC Coach of the Year. Uh, if for some reason Mike Norvell wins it, who is the only other possibility is what he's done at Florida State. If Mike Norvell wins it, kudos to him. What he's doing and done at Florida State is commendable, and it's the ACC is very – pleased when Florida State is good. So yeah. I'm cool with it. But Mike Elko, he came into yeah. Duke. I'll say the, this too. People are already trying to give Deion Sanders the Florida State job already. And Mike Norvell's like, wait a minute. I'm still doing good things right here, man. I, I still want to hold on to this job. <laughs> Florida State would be they, – they better do everything they can to keep Mike Norvell. Right. Um, but Mike Elko coming into Duke, where Duke was, having lost 17 of the last 18 ACC games – getting blown out 48 to nothing and 63 to 24 or whatever, like to come in and in the first season do what he did, ACC coach of the year, in my opinion, there's no question that it should be Mike Elko. Great stuff. Great stuff from Duke football this season. Josh, great stuff from you each and every week. Talking football, uh, we're transitioning into more and more basketball conversations with you in the weeks to come, which I certainly enjoy. Uh, Duke basketball is something we love so much. So uh, appreciate the time as always, and I look forward to talking to you again soon on the show, okay? JJ, thanks for having me, man. Have a great day. All right, that's Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk Section 17 Podcast. Go support their work, support ours as well by leaving us a five-star rating and written review on the Apple Podcast platform. The algorithms love it uh, when you put in those written reviews. Subscribe to our YouTube page, please, please, please. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Share it with your friends. Your support means the world each and every day. Uh, without further ado, that's going to do it for today's show here on Lockdown Blue Devils. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day. <laughs>